Welcome to Women About Business, a weekly conversation where we focus on African women being about our business. I'm Kimberly Ofori, and join us as we dive into the world of noted entrepreneurs and learn more on how to start, run, and grow your business. Again. <laughs> yes, here we are. I'm excited. Being, being about your business, how have you been? Being about my business, literally. I think <laughs> um, first quarter has been quite interesting. Um, oh my I, God, fourth quarter. Yes. We're, it's we're first of March, so quarter. it's like I'm already reflecting at this point. <laughs> oh, but um, exactly that, you know, it's it's been. A, a January that feels like eight weeks, but then you have February that just flies by. And yeah. then um, a lot of developments, a lot of new things that I'll be sharing across, you know, over the, over the next few weeks, but it's been really, um, it's been interesting. Uh, I, I took, I think one of the greatest things that I did for myself this year was really take time the first two weeks to reflect instead of reflecting like end of December as if. Um, so that really helped me to uh, stay focused for the kind of the, the, the weeks that followed yeah. with all of the different things that I was doing. And actually, like I also mentioned in one of our previous episodes about uh, that, that host that, that we aired uh, last week, about yeah. cutting off a lot of the projects and yeah. um, no even more when my year yeah. of yes was in 2020. So it's been quite interesting, but um, I think we're on the right track. Mm. I love. What that. about you? Great developments happening. Um, yes, it's, 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 it's work, work, work. And now I, I really have to assess this quarter, but also also still have to assess um, in detail what the last year uh, has been and then you know uh, translating that into actions yeah more specific opposing uh, to okay structure blah blah okay but what does structure mean <laughs> so that is that is kind of the thing that I've been dreading um, it, it shouldn't have come to March but unfortunately I have to do that this month <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know well, you say unfortunately but is it really I think at the end of the day the fact that you're reflecting now, and you yeah. you see now that that's what you need, and you're taking the time to do that. I think it's so strong, and we're yeah. so hard on ourselves sometimes, especially as women. It's like we should have done that last month. Well, we're doing it now, so you could tell you pat yourself on the back for that as well. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> you gave that to me. I feel all good today. I, I my smile is even more. Um, you said that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one of the, um, speaking about, you know, being focused and all of that, I, I stumbled upon this uh, special guest that I just needed to have here, uh, on, on the show. Uh, yeah. Early on, we talked about her like, okay, you know, Instagram doesn't give that much attention. Uh, Instagram for, you know, the radio that I do. Uh, yeah, it's also, you know, you use it a little bit, but I do it does make me stumble upon uh, great people, you know, every now and then. So there is some added value to you that is worth mentioning in some way. And yeah. um, this is a, a woman that I stumbled upon uh, simply because her, her topics and her focus that relate to trade, uh, being a Nigerian-based uh, 
um, yeah. being a global African based in the U.S. and still being able to get her hands on and being influential for uh, Africa is just amazing to me. And also that important, that expertise that she has that relates to trade, because that area is most of the time where men, you know, are on. With their I know. I know, you know which I mean? is why, I mean, I was so excited when you, uh, when you mentioned that you had her hooked in for us, yeah. uh, for this British program, especially because also in my background, doing a lot of trade um, and also having um, that, the platform that I recently sold, um, where it was all about connecting across borders, you know, with yeah. uh, Europe, with um, the US and then in on the continent and making sure that there is this infrastructure that's set in place. Right. And yeah. even then I sold that platform in 2019, but I remember very well that right. um, there was such a need, like the influx of entrepreneurs and traders and investors and interested yeah. parties wanting to be part of that was so huge, even bigger than I thought uh, I had ever imagined. So there's such yeah. a need for what our special guest is doing. We're being so mysterious about her name. But yeah, I'll let you introduce you. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. Um, well, this is an, uh, a phenomenal woman who serves as an executive coach and advisor to trade and uh, investment stakeholders around the world. And uh, she is the CEO of Nazaru uh, LLC, the founder of the acclaimed Trade with Africa Business Summit and uh, the um, ACFTA Roundtable, the Trade and Investment Network, Nigeria Investment Conference, and several other global initiatives. So you can definitely see trade being that, you know, the red line uh, around all that she does. She is the owner of also the beauty brand, uh, uh, Omoba, if I say that right, and the founder of the 360 Woman Ministry. Uh, let's just get her on. I mean, uh, this is Lady Toyin Umesiri, if I say that right. <laughs> yes, Hello, you Toyin. did. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, you did say it right. <laughs> Good. I'm happy. <laughs> Umesiri, the, uh, is there a meaning to that? What, what... Well, I, I wouldn't know because I got that from my husband. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a meaning somewhere. I Okay, right. that reminds me. I need to ask him. We've been married, what, 14 going on 15 years I think so I need wow. to know I need to know <laughs> that's all right good good, to, so have good you to have you oh yeah. thank you it's an honor I appreciate yeah. that thank you you're um from Chicago Erin from Chicago yeah um, I always wonder what is what is lockdown like it's been a year since we're in this what is how is it from your side wow so okay lockdown in the U.S. is a lot more stricter right um because the numbers are being monitored, right? Um, so in general, um, the impact is real, right? The impact is heavy. Businesses have been impacted. So many businesses have been shut down. Um, so I see that, but there's another side to the conversation that I also see. I've also seen winners, right? Um, for example, my previous employer, I used to work for Walmart at the headquarters. I was part of the strategy team there and Six years ago is actually beyond that is when we used to talk about digital disruption, right? And we actually started implementing technology back then, six years ago, preparing for 2020. At that time, 
the data we had obviously wasn't COVID, but the data we had said that by 2020, 40% of the purchasing power in America will be controlled by Generation Z. Okay. Oh and those were the digital natives, right? So yeah. we were already shifting our supply chain in preparation and anticipation of, you know, the, the flux of Generation Z and the increase in their right. purchasing power. So right. along that line, there were a lot of preparation moving towards digital. So for those types of companies that prepared for the future, they were more prepared for COVID impact. And I've seen that across. So, um, so they are winners, they are losers. That's, that's pretty much what I've seen across the US. So it just depends on what you, where you want to be. <laughs> yeah, right. Really interesting. Yeah. 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 And because um, I see, because I've read out loud, I think what I, how I introduce you is just a fraction of what you do. So there is no <laughs> small minute to really, truly explain how, how has it been in, in terms of business and, you know, the, the yeah, the, the businesses that you have been building uh, thus far. Right. I, I love that you said the word building because I am one of, I, I want to encourage people to do this because this is what I do. I actually separates me, myself, my identity, my brand from the work that I do. Yeah. Because I, right. a, lo a lot of times people model it up. So if something fails, they think they failed. If something worked, they think they worked, right? So maybe this goes back to my background of being a programmer. I used to be a programmer, believe it or not, I'm a trained technologist. So as a programmer, when you write a code, you have to give it out there for the quality person to check on it. Right. So you have to set, it's almost like a baby. You have to find a way of giving it a life of itself and letting it grow that you are not the one holding it back. So that's right. one. The other thing is you have to also give yourself permission to create as much as you can. Because I also see people that have the potential to actually do more. They do less because they build one thing and then they stay right there. And that's yeah. the rest of their life. So for me, those are the things I, I'm careful about. So that's why, um, so for me, I'm, I'm very creative. I, I, I see challenges, I see problems, and I create to solve those problems. And because I see a lot of dynamic problems, I give myself permission to create different platforms to solve different things, right? So right. you're right. Um, that doesn't cover everything I do, but it covers the big ones. And every day I'm solving problems, like I'm solving. So it's more of um, solution driven, right? How do you solve challenges of today, challenges of tomorrow? How do you bring value? Because business is really about bringing value to the marketplace. So what problems can you solve for people? That's pretty much what business is. Yeah. yeah. Definitely agree with that. Um, so I'm hearing you say, you know, you were a programmer. I mean, <laughs> then it must be that the remote working or the, this lockdown. Oh, is, yeah. It's yeah. not new, is, is it? It's, like, how has that been in yeah. relation to operational part of what mm. you're doing? So it's not new, but it's as some, you, this moment has some unique challenges, okay? So um, earlier in my, maybe mid-career, um, several, I, I, I don't know, maybe 10, nine years ago, I actually was a full remote worker because I was, at that time, I was working for Whirlpool Corporation in Michigan, and I had to make a family move. So I left the headquarters, and I moved to Arkansas at that time. And I was a full virtual 
uh, member of the team. And yeah. my team was actually all over the world, from Germany to Mexico, um, all over, right? So it's not new to me, right? And I, right. I, I work, I mean, pretty much 100% remote. I think what's different now is the restrictions you have. It's not yeah. just that you're remote, you actually have restrictions in terms of what you can do going out there to shop, your kids in school, your workplace, being able to go out there, mingle with people. I'm also very highly social person. So the in-person engagements and the events we have, like my events was also impacted where we bring people from all over yeah. the world together. So I think it's not just remote work because if that was just only it, most people yeah. would, would be able to address it. I think it's plus, plus, plus. It's all yeah. the other things that is added on that intensifies the impact for businesses and people around the world. So remote mm. work, I think, you know, a lot of people struggled, but that's not that's not a struggle. It's everything else yeah. that we have to handle. And also as women, it's the virtual schooling. It's the, you know, all of that, right? Wow. <laughs> so so it's, I, I really, one of the things I tell people is not to ignore, to, to, to really pay attention to the human human dynamic that people are facing around the world because your customers they're facing that your staff they're facing that your friends are facing that yeah. so i think it's a it's time for us to be back to being human to feeling again and and to to also understand that because before business was really like um black or white yeah you know, you know separate mm -hmm. like don't bring it. We don't want to hear what happened to your kids. We don't want to hear, you know, all of that. But, but yeah. now every, everything have, have rightly merged. And I see it as a good thing because yeah. leaders now have to, they have to feel again. They have to also respond to those yeah. things and yeah. how, they, how they run their businesses cannot be robotic anymore. Yeah. I absolutely love what you, you touched on so many things that triggered me immediately. I think one of the first things that, that really triggered me was how you mentioned that um, we have to go back to being, um, you know, the humanity of things and the humanity of business. I think one of the most ironic things that I always found when I, when, when, when speaking to uh, multinationals and their sales departments was like, oh, you only do business with people. But then everything else they do is, <laughs> is processes and is term sheets and it's no longer kind of connecting with, okay, what are my clients thinking on a day-to-day -day basis? What is it that is keeping them up? And it could be a baby. It mm -hmm. could be, you know, uh, something that has to do with, um, you know, being locked down or not having your employees in the places that they need to be. And so how are you not able to relate to that? How are you going mm -hmm. to relate to that? Um, and as a leader, I think we have had so many discussions over the past year on leadership. Yeah. And it really has exposed that we do not have a lot of quality leaders in positions that are of leadership right now. Mm know um and 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 that how disproportionately women then were also affected by this pandemic mm -hmm. because we were previously not being recognized for all of the things that we had to juggle mm -hmm. but then at the same time we're the first people to either be let go i mean we've seen the numbers in the states which are staggering um but also the same people who have to uphold all of these things and are probably in a better position to relate to employees and staff and clients. So it's it's there's so much to unpack there. So I'm kind of trying to find out 
how how that aspect has been for you in terms of your business did you do things you have to inevitably do things differently okay. what were some of the major changes that you had to, that you've come to change in the way that you operate okay okay so so just to also give your you know context to to my background is when i was in corporate i actually led um what we call the women's working women at walmart walmart is fortune one the largest company in the world so we also had what we call the women's resource council and i was a leader on that council and i i i led the pillar of working women the dynamics of working women right. working with hr and all of those things so i'm very knee deep in all of this you know, as a woman, as a professional woman, what, all of that plus leadership. Here's what I would say. This is a great time. The type of leadership that the world needs today looks like a woman. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think part of the challenge we face is that as women, we've not been able to articulate what that value means to the bottom line of a company. Yeah. That's one. The other thing, the other mistake that people have done, especially through the feminist movement, it's it's not really completely balanced. It's gone in one direction. The other direction it hasn't gone to is that we shouldn't be trying to lead as a man. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to lead as a man. We need to acknowledge the strength that men bring into the workplace. But what we've yeah. not done is acknowledge that we women, we can work on shoestrings and we can string things together and we can run a budget, like a tight budget. We can make something out of nothing. We can make yeah. people feel connected. We are the connectors of the workplace, right? Yeah. And there's real value. And we've seen through the pandemic, the nations that were led by women, how they've recovered faster. We've seen companies led by women. Those are the conversations we need to bring we need to engage in monetary terms right we need to understand that this is real bottom line impact that we actually bring something to the marketplace that men cannot undo on a good day we can undo more crazies than a man <laughs> in fact in fact all of the things that made us succeed before the pandemic is what we now need to bring forward so for example We've been, we've, we've, we've always been juggling childcare. Yeah. But we've done it in such a way that the workplace, we did it so well. We mask it so well that we show up yeah. to the work as if we don't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's my background and that's my mindset is I bring all of myself to whatever it is I'm working on. Yeah. There's no part of me that I need to strip away from just because I want to do what, right? So it's back to being fully human, bringing our whole self to work. And what we used to say at Walmart then was making Walmart the best place for women to work and making sure everybody can put, bring their full self to the workplace. Like being yeah. able to negotiate with your boss, right? Like, yeah. this is what I need. Like, yeah. these are my peculiar needs as a woman. I have kids, I have this, 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 you know, but a lot of times um, we don't have that conversation or we feel we can't have that conversation, maybe because we don't even know the value we're bringing to that workplace. So my value in the workplace allows me to negotiate. Yeah. The moment you can, you can grasp that because people wrestle with, hey, if I ask for too much, 
my job is being is going to be jeopardized. But once you yeah. know that your job is secured, then you it allows you to negotiate. Yeah. Yeah. For your, right. You know, so so for me, so that's my background. That's where I'm coming from. I'm used to facing those, you know, <laughs> you know, um, advocating on behalf of women, talking about HR policies, you know, from um, mother's room, like breast pump, you know, if you're all of those things. I I, I wade in them. I, I, I swim in them. Like, I, <laughs> I don't shy away from that. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of women, they feel uncomfortable, but hey. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so that's that's me. So what that means for me is during this pandemic, it's it's coupled with my strategy background and my technology background, I basically faced it head on because part of what I realized people, and maybe it's part of my training. So I have to also dig deeper and, and also appreciate the training that I had is yeah, that, yeah. you know, working for the world's largest company, they don't shy away from the biggest challenges in the world. It's like swim upstream, like go yeah. against the tide. If everybody's going this way, you go the other way. Like, right, you right. Know, go against the grain. That's, that's kind of inbuilt into some of the training I've had, the resiliency and, you know, being able to wade through the noise because when things like when you watch the news and you see things out there, you know, you allow the fear and all of those things to get to you. It actually freezes you. You're not able to be mobile to do things. So there's a, there's a, there's a practice. There's a practice to being able to take data in. Okay. Yes. Right. This is happening in the world. Acknowledging it, acknowledging it because the, uh, the, uh, the other extreme is people being in denial. Okay. So there's an ex extreme, there are two extremes. I mean, denial. Okay. Like the ostrich in the sand, this is going to go away. La, 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 you, you don't want to hear the news. So that, yeah. that's one, that's one extreme. The other extreme is hyperactive to the news of today. Like, Hey, Trump is this, then you go crazy. Oh, you know, every single day, the noise is, 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 really messing you up. So those are two extremes. You really have to be in the middle. Right. The, mid the middle looks like you are aware of what's going on out there, but you also are in control. You know, you're in control. So that's really where, where how I've handled it is I'm aware of what's going on. I stay current, but I also know that we're building for the future. And also putting things in perspective that this is just a slice of the moments in time, maybe two, three, four years of the rest of our lives. Let's, yeah. let's make the best of it. The world is never going to remain this way. We're still going to come out. It might take two, three, four, five years, but eventually we're still going to come out of this. So having those perspectives has actually helped me to keep moving forward. And I know I said a lot there. A lot <laughs> of good things. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. A lot of good things. Yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm hearing you, you speak being in control. Uh, obviously, that is very much required looking at all of the, you know, fields and businesses that you manage. Starting as a programmer, when, at which point did the element of business begin? Could you okay. take us a bit back to your business journey and how it, you know, uh, how it was built? Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's always been there. So my first degree <laughs> is mathematics. Okay. I have oh, a BSc right. in mathematics, minor in computer science. And I came to the U.S. for my graduate program, but I was very clear 
what type of um, program I wanted to get into. So, you know, people go into computer science, pure com that wasn't what I, I went into. I went into information systems, which was actually housed in the, in the College of Business. All right. Okay, so for me, it was then um, more of how do you use technology to run a business? So I actually had to take um, financial accounting, managerial accounting, all of that yeah. for my okay. um, master's degree. So information systems. So not only that, I also had a specialization where I studied SAP. I don't know if you've heard about SAP. It's a German yeah. software used by the top companies in the world. To It's an ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning System, that brings all the components of their businesses together. So that's actually yeah. what I studied in, as a graduate program. So it's, 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 so it has a business dimension. I've always been, even though I, um, my background is in the technology space, if all, it's, it has always been leveraging technology to power your business. Right. So even then, my SAP implementation looked different than a, a, a purebred yeah. computer scientist. Yeah. Okay. So then moving into corporate from day one, it was pretty much sitting down with business people, understanding their business processes and solving around that. So finance and controlling, what systems do you use? How do you implement those systems, right? Like yeah. manufacturing, like quality management, production planning. So I was um, always in the world of business, but more as um, more as a business process advisor, um, yeah. more as a strategy. So, so the world around, for me, it's been not a purebred computer scientist, you know, sitting at your computer all day. No, I've actually had to go into yeah. the field sitting yeah. with the computer, you know, with the business people on the, I actually, before, and here's the beauty, mm -hmm. before you can solve for them, you actually have to understand their business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I did, I was, I was in built, um, so I, 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 I was with Walpole. So Walpole Corporation, like KitchenAid, Maytag, um, they're very big in Europe as well. Yeah. So I worked right. at their headquarters um, to manufacturing space, I did that for almost seven years. Then I was hired into Walmart to do something similar, but this time around in the retail space for supplier management and global sourcing. Hmm. Okay. So that's, again, people think of it as technology, but it, it's not, it's, it's using technology to power your business. So at that point, it was how Walmart buys what it buys. So the systems I was putting together right. required me to work with all vendor management offices. Yeah. Vendor management offices, meaning real estate, how they build all their buildings. Walmart is the largest private real estate owner in the US. <laughs> People don't know that. So mm -hmm. how they manage those buildings, the suppliers, yeah, the people that, that supply everything, the contracting behind it, it's the, so it, the primary place I focused on was what we called goods, not for resale. So it's not what we're selling in the store, but everything else that, that manages the operations of the company, how we buy technology services, um, how we buy everything, right? right. <laughs> services, products, and putting systems in place to support that infrastructure. Yeah. Right. So it, it was the back office of, of the backbone of Walmart. And at one point, you know, um, I, working with my SVP, the budget we had then, you know, to, we had to manage over five years was like a lot. I, I, probably I won't put the money out, but, but this is massive, <laughs> right? This is yeah. massive, massive infrastructure. But again, so that's, that's where 
my tech when I say I'm a technologist, but it's 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 uh, it's a unique path where you're actually married to the business. You have to understand them, you have to solve for them, and you have to do such a great job at it. Yeah. Right, right. Wow. So looking at you identifying that, because you um you really outlined that, you know, you you're different than the usual, you know, tech person that would just focus on operations. You really look to connect the dots with the strategy of the business. How were you able to discover that 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 was your mm. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I think okay, <laughs> that's a good question because um, I think I've always pushed against the grain, and and I also credit things to the leaders I've had. You know, um, when I joined Warp, I remember this fantastic. I'm still in touch with a lot of my leaders, even this person, Steve, welcomed me into the organization. And he shared several things with me that really, really changed my life in the sense of, hey, Toin, our culture here at Whirlpool is question everything. <laughs> like, like <laughs> don't, come, don't come here and say, oh, you know, because we have a lot of people that have worked for us for 30, 40, 50 years, but we are bringing you in as a fresh eye. So yeah. it's going to be a disservice to us for you to come in and to blend in. And yeah, to say, yeah. this is this is what I'm, this is the way they've always done it. So I'm going to do it the way they've always done it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the training I have. The training I had said, we, 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 we believe, we believe that your perspective matters to our business. So bring your perspective. That's what we're hiring you for. Okay. So in coming to the workplace, it took me a while because culturally, when you're, when you're raised, I, I was raised in Africa. I had my first degree in Nigeria. So, you, 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 you know, so I was uh, quite shaped in the culture where right. it's like, you know, it's, it's a different culture. So that, that transition really helped me because of the leadership style that I had. So it made me question, not in a rude way. It made me ask the right question, like why, yeah. why, why? The other thing is also helped me to make sure I also understood myself because right. there's something about not trying to be everybody else, right? There's a saying, I yeah. think maybe I have it somewhere here. It says, uh, you know, everyone, um, everyone else is taken, right? Be yourself. Every, every yeah, other yeah, person yeah. is taken. Yeah. So I, I think maybe what I've always been being is self, self-aware, right? Mm -hmm. Like, not trying to be anybody else, being self-aware and and even going back to my my late dad is it's is always allowed me to express my my thoughts, right? So the more you wow. listen to yourself and if you can find if you can put yourself in a place where your thoughts are appreciated because I, I, you know for for the for the purpose of those people listening, I think, what also happens is that people may know who they are, but they may find themselves in the wrong spot. Right. Right. So they might be engaging with people that don't need what they are offering or don't value yeah. what they are offering. And then they might misread that as something is wrong with me. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah. so, um, so, so for me, I think being self-aware is, is huge and also making sure that I find myself or I put myself in a place where my perspective is appreciated. And I'm also one in the, in the, in the corporate world where when I find myself not in the right place, 
I know how to work the corporate politics to move myself. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. so, no, that is that is definitely something we need to dive into. Um, <laughs> I think no, seriously, because I think what and and that actually ties into what I was thinking while she was speaking is um, your your level of self awareness and um, and I think therefore also confidence and very having very clear what you want how you're going to get it. And if you don't know, you'll find out how to get there. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's something that for so many women is such a big hurdle that still needs to be overcome with I, the women I that, that I speak to and that I have surrounded. Yeah. And I think personally myself every day, I think it's something that even though a lot of the women I speak to, they're like, oh, you're so confident and you, how do you, you know, you know how to negotiate, but it's something that you have to consciously be telling yourself that, no, I'm actually not going to settle for this. Or actually mm. this is what I want and I'm not there yet, but it's a conversation mm. I think you need to constantly be having. And I feel as though yeah. um, it's something that from what I have studied that boys get instilled into so much more when they are younger, where they feel, mm. when they have that conversation, like, no, just try again. And uh, you know what? Yeah. Oh, you just go ahead, try it at least, mm. right? And then with us girls, at least previously, it's getting better now, but it's it's about, you know, don't do that. You get your dress dirty or, you know, <laughs> it's dangerous or you're gonna mess up your hair. Like we have all of these things that we first need to think about. Like. I, I, when I think, uh, when I look at my daughters, I'm like, they just want to jump in the mud. Like, that's what they want to do. So I just let them. But it's something that we, we grow up with. And then we go to the workplace and it's like, mm. dress this way, speak this way. And mm. don't go into that sector or don't, mm. or don't have different degrees. Like, there's so many don't do's mm. that like how has how, do you do you feel like you, this is something that you were maybe raised with or you had examples or this is something that naturally you develop because of the environment mm. that you wow okay <laughs> i think <laughs> i think it's all it's all of the above i strongly believe that when we're born and we're raised our identity was fully formed as a young age, but then life life beats it out of us, like culture. So, you know, it's nature versus nurture. I really believe women, even from a, from a scientific or biology standpoint, we are tough, we solve better, and we've always been doing, if you go back to your six, seven, eight-year-old, you, you knew what you wanted and you went for what you wanted. Mm -hmm. I think between that age and adulthood is where the mess happens. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. the stories were told and what the culture tells, tells us, it's like that shaping and molding. The society is trying to, the society needs us to perform in a certain way. Yeah. So the society is set up to make us conform in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. Right? Whether we need you to be a wife. So this is how wives do. <laughs> this is the yeah. role you need. This is the yeah. roles are set for you. Yeah. So between yeah. your eight year old and your 18 year old, all you're hearing, depending on your, how you're raised, is that shaping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some people have it better. I, I had a better 
shaping where my my dad was pretty much a tough like he was really he, he let me go out there i remember <laughs> there's a story there's a story i've shared before where when i was learning to drive you know in africa you know how crazy the roads are maybe yeah. some people do i remember there was a particular day my dad was sitting by me and i was driving and then there was this cab driver that tried to edge me off the road and my dad shouted at me blocking 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 <laughs> <one> right away <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't having it. Daddy wasn't ready to. Dad, wow, that my dad was. He, he was almost jumping on me. Like, let me take that steering wheel from you. Like, block him, block him, block him. You have right of way. And so I did. I obeyed my dad. Boom, 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 right, and I blocked yeah. the guy. And then after that, my dad pointed at me and said, "Never let anybody." run you off the road you could end up in a ditch wow. okay and wow. that's what happens in life every time is that somebody's trying to run you off your own path mm. right somebody's telling you a story that is not for you are you going to believe them and go off your road no so there's a clear path you need to go through right there's a path that your creator has created for you you're here to do something you're here to make a difference you're here to to touch lives focus yeah. on that and anything else, everything that helps you accomplish that, yay, great. Anything else that tries to tell you otherwise, you know, you just know, no, that's, that's, that's not for me, you know. And then going back to the workplace, you know, for me, part of self-awareness also, I actually know what type of leadership style works for me and which one doesn't. Like, I know the type of leader I want that I enjoy working for. And I know the type of leader I don't enjoy working for. So there are times where I found myself with the wrong type of leader and I've maneuvered my way out of that leader. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was like, no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm. you, yeah. I can't do, I can't deal with you. So I, 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 there was a time, there was this particular leader. <laughs> right. I, I walked myself, I negotiated with one of his peers and he stole me from him. We did it behind the scene we did some hr moves <laughs> and he, he stole me from him and i was like oh, yes wow. i'll serve you i love you you are the type of leader i enjoy working for i'll do anything for you right move me move me from that guy <laughs> <laughs> and he did and then um so i was there for a couple of years and then down the line maybe two or three years later there was another reshuffle that moved me back right it moved me back and at that time i mm. found i then designed some processes for myself to manage that leadership so that's what we call managing up wow. okay yeah. and let me give you them share a few tricks so yeah. this particular leader that i ran away from for several years and then yeah. got back to i then because I, I you can't change your leader you can only manage one of the things i started managing was my email mm. so Part of what I realized that was that this guy was a micromanager and he wanted what he wanted anytime he wanted it. Like, so mm. it made you jumpy. You, you were always, you don't know what to expect. Right. And, and right. I, that's, that's not me. Right. I love my space. So what I did, did then was I created a special folder for this person. And then I created a rule in my inbox. Every single mail coming from this leader went into that box. Yeah. 
it never came to me. So then what I then did was I'll be like, okay, I have time now. I have time for you. <laughs> so I conditioned okay. myself to say, okay, yeah. I have time for you. What do you want? Then I'll open. So I'll brace up myself to open that folder. And then I go through all these lists. Then I respond to it nicely and politely. Hey, yes. Great. And the other thing I also did was because he, he, he just wanted to be in control. This is, it wasn't about me, right? That's just no. him. So what yeah. I also started doing for him was every Friday, I'll give him a summary of my team, what we mm. accomplished for the week, right? Because for him, he, he needed to show his boss that he knew everything that was happening. That's, right. that's, that's his own need. All it wasn't right. about me, right? He, he had his own insecurities yeah. with his own leadership that the only way he felt validated, whatever, was to always be in control. Right. So I gave him what he needed by summarizing the week. Like, oh, we did this. We did this. This is the status of this. This is the status of that. So that I can go home on my weekend without receiving any phone call. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, so, so as women, you know, there are times when, yes, things are happening. But being aware of ourselves, of our environment, of, our, of the people we work with. And to be honest with you, women... We have intuition more than men, but here's the kicker. We don't use it to our advantage. Mm. We, we know we can tell what yeah. type of person this person is, yeah. but we don't quote and unquote scheme. You know, people say scheming, scheme, I, you better scheme, scheme to your advantage. <laughs> you know? don't, 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 don't assign. You know, right. I think as women, we assign negative emotion to all of this thing, politicking, yeah. scheming, negotiating, yeah. all of, the world runs on all of these dynamics. It's so true. Yeah. But we, as but because maybe again, between your eight year old and your 18 year old, somebody has told you somehow to always be X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the world, I mean, the first thing is be loyal to yourself. Mm -hmm. Be loyal to yourself and your family. Yeah. And every time you go out there, be clear what you want, be clear what you're able to give and be able to negotiate and work with people and partner with people. I mean, I wrote yeah. an article about partnerships. I really believe in giving more than you take. So yeah. even in your negotiating scheme, making sure, <laughs> making sure that you're not, you're giving more than you take because that's how people will work with you a long yeah. time. Yeah. So there's a lot to it, but it's, it's fun. It's fun yeah. <laughs> to be able to know people and see them as they are and not judge them. That's what we right. do as women. We judge people. And because we judge them, the people you judge, you can't work with. Yeah. Well, I feel that I could just listen to you. <laughs> I know. You're already learning like on a daily because you cover on so many things, the negotiation part. Understand, understanding schemes, using <laughs> schemes to benefit your uh, career, you know, while you play according to rules that are still respectful, oh, uh, you yeah. know, are according to uh, good ethics. There is so much in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm praying for a part two somewhere soon, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but seriously. 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 Yeah. I think one, one of the greatest things that I think we could learn is what you mentioned, how to get rid of those 
negative um, um, links that we uh, we have with you know being uh, using your intuition and understanding that politics is part of the game and be part of that, um, but you know not in a nasty way, but making sure that you're 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 playing your cards right because you have the cards in your hand, so play them, right? And so I think that's such a big topic that perhaps needs to be unpacked a little bit more when we have time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm figuring out, you know, which which of the top questions we could ask you before we round up. I'm like doing the maths in my head. Um, we we've talked about, you know, you understanding who you are, having the confidence. Um, but what would you say is your why, the why you do things the way you do? And also to mash it up with another question, um, why did you pick, you know, to focus on trade? Because there's so much added value that you bring for women, uh, African women, you know, uh, over 50% of African women are entrepreneurial, let's just say on the continent. Mm -hmm. I believe that state, same statistic is for the global Africans, mm -hmm. you know. Um, why, why did you touch specifically on the element of trade? Right. Okay. So, you know how I say, I always separate who I am from what I do. Okay. So yeah. here's the thing. I have skills, right. That I, I, I always use, like if I, if I'm given, I'm the, I'm the person that any project that is, is not going well, give it to Toy, right. Like if you want something to go smoothly, give it to Toy. like, that's who I am. So I'm that laser focused person. So I'm a yeah. problem solver and I solve problem as scale at scale. So projects of two years, multi-million dollar projects, that's why, that's what I do. And I do it really, really well. Okay. Yeah. So what then happened about six years ago is my dad passed. So I'm solving problems for the world's largest company, right? At the headquarters, I'm handling all those things, right? Complexity here and there. I'm happy. But then my dad passed about six years ago. I made the emergency trip. Before then, I hadn't been back to the continent in a decade, you know, so I was disconnected from, from, from the community, from the continent. And then when I went there, you know, I also had the opportunity to interview people about his life. I wrote a mini biography. Yeah. Um, so when I came back, so many things happened to me. Like so many things, like it's not just one thing. I think I went through a transformation. Right. Um, a few of the top things were number one, listening to my dad's community he rose up through the ranks but he stayed connected to his community and at the end of his life what really mattered to people was how he touched their lives not necessarily the heights that he attained professionally so that's that was a life moment realizing that wow at the end of life you could become anything you want to become you could be at the peak of your career but are you going to still stay connected to a community would your community be part of your success would your community benefit from your success? Would your com what would your community have to say about your success? Okay, so that was one. So um, for me coming back to the headquarters of the world's largest company, also realizing my day job exposed me to global transactions. Right. Okay. Global transactions and the wealth and the movements and how things are transacting, right? And I yeah. went... 
wait a minute, first of all, I, I, need, I need to do something right now. I'm using my skills and talent to advance myself. I can do it very well because at that time I was scheming you know, the scheming for the next promotion, yeah. for the next level, like, you know, you know, like by this time next year, this is should be my title, you know, by this time, this is the person I need to do this, this is the project. If, if I pass this right. project, then, you know, that, that was my game. Yeah. <laughs> we all do that, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was the game I was running until I realized there was much more to life. Like that same skill set could be applied somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but then I started asking questions. Okay, when I went to Africa, there were so many youths on the streets. What's that about? Here am I at the world's largest company. I know people are making serious money through trade, yeah. buying, yeah. selling, buying yeah. 5 million pieces. I also manage the strategy for apparel merchandising. So when you yeah. talk about apparel and textile, oh my goodness, you know, you're just cutting POs for 5 million pieces of this, 10 million pieces of this. Like it's just, and this on the receiving hand of those purchasing order are companies in China, in Latin America, in Mexico. I'm like, wait a minute, Africa, <laughs> like what we say, like what we say in, uh, in Nigeria, like, what we of we Africa, Abba, like this, we, this we you didn't like <laughs> African core is what of Africa? How about yeah. Africa? Like, yeah. you know, all, all this, all these goodies you are sharing. <laughs> <laughs> all this, uh, what, uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> like, two million here, three million here. They're employing labor. They're, so, trade is about wealth distribution. Yeah. So, in that world, I realized that. Africans did not exist. It's like you don't even exist in that world. Wow. Yeah, like if you walk into an Hazda or into any of the major retailers in the world oh. and you look around you, everything you see in that store is produced by a company and the company that produces it employs labor, creates jobs, okay? Yeah. Right? So every of those products is creating a job from where it is sourced from. Yeah. 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 So when you look at those way, you realize that people are not sourcing from Africa. No. Okay. No. So when you now think about wealth distribution, wealth gaps, productivity, manufacturing. So that's where I started uncovering all of these realities um, yeah. and asking a lot of questions at the highest levels, like going to big players and say, what would it take for you to buy more from Africa? And then mm. saying, hey, we're ready to buy. Africa is not organized. Oh, right. okay. the problem is not here. The problem is there. Yeah. So uh, that's where you, you know, going into all of these dynamics and then realizing, wow, the stakeholders, they talk about what they want, but they're not actually doing, they're not doing the work that is needed to actually get mm. what they want. Mm. So that's where establishing platforms was, was the solution. So now we have a problem statement. How do yeah. we grow trade with Africa? That's the problem statement. Mm. It sounds simple. These are the current numbers. U.S. only does 2% of its total trade with the African yeah. continent. Guess what? Africa represents 25% uh, of the number of countries in the world. Mm. Sitting on the African continent is a quarter of the number of countries in the world. And that quarter is yet to benefit from trade. Wow. 
yeah. when you look at all the data. So starting with that problem statement, then the next thing is, okay, why? Why? When you start asking, why is it that way? You now start uncovering a lot of, a lot of answers. Like number one, Africans are not paying attention to the global market. Number two, mm. they're not going after the right training. Number three, they don't network with buyers. So nobody sees them. It's as if they don't exist. Yeah. On and on and on. So after, if, when I know, when I ask my why and I say, okay, we find those answers. Then the second thing is out then. So how are we going to solve this? Mm. So all of the solutions is what Nazar is about. We now create platforms, training, consulting, education um, that advances trade with Africa and showcases what's coming out of Africa. Because at the end of the day, the buyers still ask me, okay, we hear you towing. What can, what can Africa produce? Hmm. Good question. Right? For example, okay, one of my buyer friends, um, 2019, said, Toei, we see everything you're doing. We love it. We love it. Okay, I'm getting ready to buy my Christmas ornament. Um, where in Africa can we get Christmas ornaments? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But that is such an accurate depiction of what's happening right now, right? There is like this uh, a mismatch in what we can produce but are not yeah. and what is that kind, of, kind of being demanded and the, the, the money and resources being there, but there's no yeah. kind of, like you said, alignment in that. So if you would have to describe kind of your vision or mission for Nazaru, what would it be? Right. So it's simple. All we're about is increasing trade with Africa. Now, how we do it looks different because each of the stakeholders, they, uh, they, they are looking for different things. So yeah. I, I actually teach um, trade and investment facilitation. And one of the first things I teach people is to make sure they recognize the various stakeholders in the trade and investment dialogue, because that's one of the one, one of the mistakes people make is that you're addressing the wrong people with the wrong message. Yeah. So in order to advance trade, you have policymakers, you have investors, you have buyers, you have exporters, you have policymakers, you have all of these different players. But guess what? They are all looking for different things and they all play different roles. So, for example, people would say, I need an investor. That's what everybody says, right? I need an investor. But you have to. I tell people don't do that because it's like I, you're begging for money. I need money. Yeah. I need money. Everybody runs away from you because you said I need an investor. And people do it all the time. Here's yeah. one thing I tell them to do. How about you say I have an investment opportunity I want to share with you. All of a sudden, there's a shift in that energy. Yeah. Investors are always looking for investment opportunities. And then you are saying you have what they are looking for. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're attracting them to you. So at Nazaru, again, we're all about increasing trade with Africa, but we don't do it in one way. We yeah. have various platforms for different people. So, for example, as a diaspora, the knowledge you need looks different from non-diaspora that wants to engage. Yeah. Right. The platforms you need, the attention you need, the education you need looks different. 
I also teach um, policy government officials. Like in October, I partnered with African Union to deliver training to about 14 country government officials. So the training I deliver to them in terms of making sure they are implementing policies that advances trade, that training looks different than if I'm talking to someone else, an investor. Right. So that's one of the, it's one of the uniqueness, but, but it also then brings on some challenges and messaging for me. So right. the simple message is we're advancing trade with Africa. So right. all stakeholders that is interested in trading with Africa approach us. And when they approach us, we're able to then filter what do they need. And based on what they need, we direct them. We, we, it's almost like a, a air traffic controller, really. Right, <laughs> right. You know, because different people are looking for different things. Not everybody looks the same, but everybody yeah. has a role to play. Everybody has a role to play to advance in trade with Africa. Because if you decide you want to engage, you're not the one to go to the farm. You're not the yeah. one to do the X, Y, Z, but then you have to create a value chain and you have to link those players together. Right. Wow. I love that. And I love that you mentioned everybody has a role to play. I think that's such a key yeah. component of how we're, how we're looking to succeed once we start uniting and, and building on our strengths. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Before we round up, uh, what, what do you do to, you know, um, spend some time with Tony and yourself, enjoyment, <laughs> relaxing? Oh, yes. Every single day I do that. Um, I tell people you, you don't need to wait one week, two weeks, three months for a big vacation. Give yourself. So I do. I dive deeper into self-care a lot. I, I, I'm a skincare junkie. Um, I love to cook for my family. So because part of why you talked about the 360 woman which is a ministry yeah. I, I i i i'm growing right yeah. is that's the way i see myself is women we don't need to box ourselves up into a nice box this is who i am like we, we cannot really be described in one sentence right like right. the true you know because our interest varies from day to day, the things we want to tinker with looks different. That's who we have, and we need to start embracing that. So I love all things feminine. That's why I've also launched my lipsticks. <laughs> so I do lipstick, yeah. skincare. But but so that's 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 the face of it. But people also need to realize behind it is also supply chain, right? Which is also my tech my technical background is supply chain, all of those things. So I bring that knowledge to bear, even when right. I bring those lipsticks and and the uniqueness of my lipstick also is made out of shea butter out of africa right that's so amazing. so I, I i try to always bring a piece of me you know together and that's what i offer the world right who i am yeah. the authentic me and all of that so for fun i have my feet on the ground and my mind in the clouds <laughs> i'm a dreamer <laughs> <laughs> so i dream i dream about yeah. the future i'm solving about I'm solving for the future, but I'm also grounded in today. So I enjoy the people in my life, my family, my loved yeah. ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I enjoy life. I love to enjoy life. I love to connect with people every day, talk about fun stuff. And, and we're here on earth to, to not just rest. You know, a lot of times people are racing through life, like you're chasing something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But we are, we are forgetting to smell the roses and the people that God brings along your path. And, and I yeah. love the things both of you are doing, you know, you're enjoying each other, you're doing meaningful work together. And, and yeah. that's life. I love doing that as well. That's this gets me grounded, keeps me grounded. <laughs> Very important. Great. Oh my wow. gosh. Um, so Ian, I, I, I definitely have to 
find a way to get you back because <laughs> uh, this has been such a good conversation uh, to me I feel like I have to listen to this and break it down because uh, mm. it, it dealt with mindset it dealt with uh, strategy approach and uh, benefiting of the scheme <laughs> I think that is uh, that is also one thing yeah. um, so much um out of that um, yeah yeah man this, this yeah. was good this yeah I think good. on that I think there's there's a lot to it I know I just surfaced like yeah when I say scheming as a businesswoman okay as a businesswoman um yes. it's it's about value creation and if you don't understand who you're providing the value from and you don't apply empathy to understand people yeah then 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 you're missing the mark because i also teach business development because i see people they just build a business right oh i have a business yeah. that they're running but here's one of one of the gaps i see whether in the minority community or in africa or with women Here's right. what's true. The biggest companies in the world, they use science to build their business. Yeah. It's, not just, it's not just emotions. And I've, I've been known in meetings to say, hey, no sentiments here. Show me the money. Like, let's talk okay. real stuff. Because yeah. a lot of times as women, we're always like, they should know. They're, they're not treating me like we, 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 we try to negotiate with sentiments and it doesn't work. Whereas when you know data, mm. when you know facts, when you have your cost consumer, what we call consumer insights. Yeah. Okay. When you, when you have that embedded, then you're able to build and solve better. And right. when you can solve better, the value of what you're doing goes up. Mm. So that's, that's some of the things that the science side of business, like not every male-dominated company becomes an Amazon. We also need to know that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so we have to start studying what makes them different. Because this thing, being so, I've, I've talked in the past, um, and there, there are videos out there where I've talked about wealth creation and misconceptions yeah. that people have about wealth creation. It's not automatic. Just because you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it. You need to start mm -hmm. uncovering the mindset that creates wealth, the mindset that allows people to generate wealth, and then they automate it using technology. But it takes years to pull it off. Yeah. It takes years. So, uh, so when I say scheming, it means self-awareness, knowing how the world works, knowing what you want, knowing what the world wants, and giving the world what it wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right because yeah. you, you when you bring that value you say okay women women want to feel this way let me give you an example i know we're wrapping up but i think this might yeah. be the, the 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 real icing on the top for people I joining is yes mm -hmm. think about the luxury industry the luxury industry is the best way to explain this the luxury industry exists to help you feel the way you want to feel and to help you achieve the status symbol you want to achieve in the world. Right. So it's built around people want to wear something nice because it means something to them. 
people want to drive a part of a type of car that car means something to them when they are driving in their community or when they drive up yeah. to a workplace it makes them feel somehow yeah. yeah it's not a necessity you could get anywhere you want to go in a ford in a regular car but the world the luxury brand does it so well they are meeting your aspiration they are aspirational brands so they yeah. know what you want yeah. The status symbol that you crave is what they are creating for. Okay. And that's what I mean by scheming. If they don't know what you want and they, they start offering you things, are you going to buy it? No. Yeah. Yeah. So in order for that, so, so it's all about understanding what people want out there with, with your own skills, with your, with this channel, for example, you are meeting a specific target audience. The yeah. message you're trying to put out there fits a particular audience. Mm. It meets the need of a particular audience. You have to get that, that, you know, you, the more you can do it really well, the more you can, even your marketing has to be um, laser focused on those people. Yeah. Because if you're trying to get, not everybody's mm -hmm. going to watch this, True. but your demographic loves this. Yeah. And you love them and you're bringing this message for them. So you are doing this in service to them. Yeah. That's what yeah. I mean by scheming is that you are aware of what the world wants and you're working really hard to bring it to them. And guess what? You're doing it so that you can also get what you want out of it. Yeah. But yeah. this is the mistake as I'm wrapping up. This is the mistake women want. We bring value to the workplace, to the world, but we don't ask for value in return. Mm. Yeah. So we are adding value to people, but then we don't <laughs> extract. We don't extract value. We don't yeah. monetize. That's what I call monetization. Monetization. Right. So we don't monetize. So we are like doing people a favor, but we're not saying, well, that favor I did you, the value is X dollars or pounds yeah. or whatever, or euro. Right. Right. So, so it's, those are the fundamental things as women. And I face the same thing, but I'm aware. Um, and I'm, and I'm, the other thing that I then balance it with is that, what I want out of life, not not it's not hundred percent dollar signs. I yeah, actually right. derive value when my work matters to people. So yeah. as women, we also need to know that men, their own dream world will be hundred percent dollars. What's in the bank? Yeah. But for yeah. women, what brings us joy is community. There's actually value in community and being yeah. a part of relevancy, uh, relevance to our community actually yeah. has value that not not necessarily is dollars but then how do you how do you balance that right how do you balance yeah. that you know so so yeah and then maybe finally my my passing words would be um this new phrase that i just came up with that mm -hmm. i'm trying to use to encourage people to say you know that um innovation mm -hmm. innovation comes out of collaboration collaboration comes out of association Association comes out of relation and relations comes out of trust. We relate with people we trust. Right. We associate with people we relate with. We collaborate with people we associate with. And then we innovate with people we are in association with. That's yeah. something I just came up with to help people understand that the work you are both doing is you related, now you're doing work, you're associating, you're doing work together, you're collaborating and you're birthing something that is innovative in the marketplace. Yeah. But it all started with the trust you have for one another. True. Yeah. True. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So much, <laughs> so much value added. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. Thank this you. was amazingly inspired, inspiring. Yeah. Absolutely. Where can people find you or Nazaru? Uh, where can they find oh. you? Yes, I think the easiest way is just to go to my own personal website, toyinumessiri.com. And then I funnel people to all the other, it's like a network. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you call a, a number, if you want this, press one. <laughs> if you want this, press two. <laughs> if you're looking for this, press, that's so, so toyinumessiri.com tells who I am and then it connects people to my other platforms and the work that I do. That's really the easiest way to find everything else. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, th thanks again, uh, Toyin, for this. Um, this is like powerful is even an understatement of, you know, the type of knowledge that you were uh, able to share with us. And, um, you know, we're keeping in touch with you, if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> and uh, really like to, you know, keep an eye on the next thing that you're on and be sharing that also within our community as we're growing it. Yes, so yes. Definitely, uh, definitely on, on that note. And I know your oh, yeah. day is getting started on your side <laughs> of the world. <laughs> we yeah. do uh, wish you like a good, a uh, good uh, a good working day, one that's like, you know, also fulfilling. <laughs> yeah. And um, hopefully, or we will uh, definitely stay in touch. Thank you Absolutely. so much. No, thank you. Thank you. Keep being awesome and, you know, wish you the very, very best. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank yeah. you. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to Women About Business. Join us every week on Thursdays on this podcasting platform. Do you want to catch us live? Join our show on High Radio on every Tuesday, 8 p.m. CET. Connect with us and join our discussions on Instagram or LinkedIn at Women About Business. And follow me, Miss Abba, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ms.aba.